0: From him who plants the mustard seed of faith in our lives and then uses the mustard seeds of our lives to plant and to grow his kingdom in this world. Be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson. Especially when Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. This is our text. So what is the kingdom of God like? And to what should we compare it? When you think of the kingdom of God, do you think of something out there in the sky, hard to touch, kind of hard to fathom, maybe hard to understand, a little bit abstract? Well, Martin Luther reminded us that the kingdom of God comes indeed without our prayer, but we pray in the Lord's Prayer that it would come to us also, which means that God's kingdom is not some pie-in-the-sky thing, but it is concrete. It is solid. It is right here in our midst. We are in it and of it. We are part of it. And the kingdom of God is right here and it is right now. The kingdom of God comes to us, to you, and to me as we live our lives as God's people. When we think about the kingdom of God, the starting point is, of course, the kingdom itself. And you and I don't have a whole lot of experience with kings or kingdoms, do we? The extent of our experience probably comes from watching the royal wedding a couple of weeks ago and seeing all the pomp and circumstance that goes along with that. But in the end, it's very difficult for us to imagine what it must really be like to live under a monarchy, a real monarchy, where a king or a queen reigns. So when Jesus uses a growing seed and a mustard seed to describe the kingdom of God, we get the part about the seed. We, we know and understand that there's some kind of biology about how it all takes place, how that little seed grows. But what exactly is the kingdom of God? And why does Jesus use these tiny little items to describe it? Well, one commentator suggests that we ought to think about God's kingdom in terms of God's management style. He suggests that the phrase, the kingdom of God is like, could be paraphrased like this. The way God runs things is, or the way God gets things done is. And so in today's parable, Jesus informs us that the way God runs things, the way God gets things done, the way that God completes what he wants accomplished is like a farmer, planting and and like a seed in the ground, specifically a tiny mustard seed. So if we are looking for some way to get our mind around this concept of what the kingdom of God is, the way God gets things done according to his will, is often very silent. It's often subtle. Sometimes it's maybe even done in secret like the way a seed grows in the ground. But it's also very certain. It is the God power, not the human power, that makes the seed grow. So when you look at a tiny little mustard seed, like the one that I'm holding, you can see it, can't you, from where you're sitting? When you look at a tiny little mustard seed, like this, I promise you, it's in my hand here, you can't always tell the outcome From the beginning. But you begin anyway. You you take that seed. Those of you who are gardeners, planters. You take that seed. You put it in the ground. And you leave the outcome to God. Who is after all the creator, the owner, the maker, the manager of everything that exists. And he makes the growth. He makes it happen. He causes that seed to grow. Look at the way that God does this all the way through the Bible. Think about how so many of God's great accomplishments begin as tiny little mustard seeds. I wonder if you've ever thought about that and asked yourself, so could so-and-so, a certain Bible character, have known when they began, whatever it was that they began, how God would make something, bring something, complete something of that little thing that they started. Not just then, but the far-reaching results of what they would do. Could Noah have known as he picked up his toolbox? Could Abraham have known as he saw that dagger in his hand on Mount Moriah and put it down his son unsacrificed? Could Moses have known as he slipped back into his sandals and walked away from a bush that was burning and talking? Could his sister Miriam have known as she devised a plan to keep her little baby brother safe and alive and cared for? I wonder if David could have known as he practiced his sling And did you ever wonder who taught David how to use that sling and what the results could have been on the other end of that if he didn't know how to use that sling or or as he began to pluck his harp? And can you imagine how many people through the centuries have lived and, yes, even died in the comfort of the psalm that he wrote, Psalm 23? These are all tiny little mustard seeds that God uses to accomplish and do great things in his kingdom. And what about in the New Testament when Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John sharpened their pens and began to write an orderly account? An orderly account of what? Well, an orderly account of mustard seeds about how a young girl was visited by an unexpected guest, or how a baby whose parents couldn't afford hotel accommodations, or a desert preacher who begins to start preaching where there's a little bit more water, or a boy who opens up his little lunch and finds himself host to 5,000 picnickers, Or a quadriplegic walking down the street carrying his bed while a blind man watches and comments and a deaf person hears about a little girl who asks for a second helping of dessert at her own funeral. Or a calloused soldier drives nails through flesh into wood. Or some women find themselves with extra Burial spices on their hands, and a nearly blind tent maker who books a passage on a boat. All of those are mustard seeds. Now, most of these people could not have known at the time the way in which God would work through that mustard seed. In fact, if they knew the outcome in advance, They would have tried probably in some way, somehow, to accomplish that amazing feat with their own wisdom, with their own power, with their own strength, their own courage. And if they were anything like us, and I'm sure they were very much like us, they would have pulled themselves up by the bootstraps and left God out of most, if not all, of the equation. That's our problem, too. And that problem is sinfulness, like pouring way too much fertilizer on the ground, not watering the seed and leaving it in the dark, all while expecting it to grow. We know that that won't work, don't we? And when we want to accomplish things, even things for the kingdom, our self-centered sin gets in the way and we forget about God and his equation in our little mustard seeds. What happens to a seed that is Overfertilized, not watered, and left in the dark. Well, in the end, it dies. It never grows. And that's what sin does. It, it squeezes life out of people and, and the kingdom of God out of this world. And so without the nurturing and the watering of a loving God, we are doomed and destined to fail and to fall and to die like a seed that's over-fertilized, not watered, and left in the dark. But in the incredible love and forgiveness of our God, his mustard seeds become giant trees and branches so much so that birds can nest in them. And even the great branches in the kingdom owe their greatness to the greatest of all branches, Jesus himself. The prophets were looking forward to this great branch. Isaiah says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. Jeremiah says it like this, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. And Zechariah puts it very simply, I am going to bring my servant the branch. And so when Jesus enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, what do the people do? They cut down branches and strew them in his way. He's bringing the kingdom of God into this world, planting it and making it sprout and grow through his own death, hanging on the branch, on the tree. Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus fell to the ground and died so that he would produce many seeds, mustard seeds, For the kingdom of God, and he planted the seed of faith in our lives and watered it through holy baptism. He fertilizes the seed of his kingdom. And in our own lives, when we eat and drink his body and blood, he nurtures and prunes us through the light of his strong word. What are the mustard seeds in your life? What are the mustard seeds in our church? I can remember back in 1989, when God planted the mustard seed of faith in our firstborn daughter, Ashlyn. And I can remember the mustard seeds that we planted, as in her little bedroom in Virginia, we would read to her night after night the Beginner's Bible, she and her brother Ben. And I can remember planting the mustard seed of sending her to Lutheran grade school and to Lutheran high school, And when she got to college, seeing to it that she had a Lutheran church that she was able to connect to when she got there, and lo and behold, she brought her soon-to-be husband to church along with her, and they got married in the church. And all along, these little mustard seeds were planted, and we didn't know where they would lead. And now today, we install her here as director of family, youth, and family ministry. And now we will see how God will use the mustard seeds in her life to plant and sprout and grow in ways that we may not see in days or months or maybe even years. But God will use those mustard seeds in her as he uses them in your life as you go your way to do your work in the kingdom and to bring the kingdom about in this place. We will probably never know oftentimes because of the way that God gets things done. It's often like a planted seed. It's silent. It's subtle. It's sometimes secret, but it's always certain when God is doing it, as certain as the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. In the end, the point is that all of us, you and I, carry on as God's people prayerfully and faithfully, and we are the tree that God has made us to be, scattering the seeds that God has given to us to scatter, even if we don't know what the final outcome will be. That's how God gets his work and his will done. And as you do the things that you do, and as we do the things that we do, it just may be that God is seeing, who knows, a Noah picking up his toolbox, Moses pulling on his sandals, David plucking that harp, or a little boy sharing his lunch with the world. In Jesus' name, amen.